hearing that from these people is something that really makes it very exciting for me because for me i've done what i wanted to is that like because i see them that way yeah so the fact that even if it's momentary because all of us are second guessing ourselves all the time but even if it's for that few moments that they are seeing themselves the way i have seen them and how they are the people who follow them and are fascinated by them and what they do are seeing them that is like that is my most favorite moment that to see that okay fine you've had this transformation for yourself and you are you know it's a very positive thing that's happening because they the whole i like you know like it's literally seeing somebody practice self love Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Chai with Rai. Hi, I'm your host Rai, and this is my show, my baby, my jukebox of hidden gems, in which I reach out to working creatives in the entertainment, food, and fitness industry, and we discuss all things from life lessons to politics to socialism, culture, history, the digital space, and of course, the industry itself. Now, like Gogglebox, if you've ever watched it, this show has all the banter. but also meaningful conversations too and i will also list all the information for the guests myself the live video version of this podcast in the bio make sure to check all that out and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode comment and share us in your tiktok stories or instagram stories share us on the twitter and spread the message of the show because your support really means a lot and it gives all of the creatives that are on the show a bigger voice a bigger hug of life on today's episode we have photographer videographer and content creator megna balla now megna not only specializes in dance photography or dance videography but just so much more and i came across her work whilst i was doing the show so as some of you know the show is firstly done on either zoom or instagram live and then i transfer it to podcast form and whilst i was instagram live interviewing garrick one of our other previous guests from india she was on the live and she hopped on and then afterwards we followed each other we exchanged messages i looked at her work and i was blown away by such a vast catalog of different styles of different emotions different moods so many things that i just cannot put into words in her work and i was like you have to come on the show i would love to have you on and i want to discuss what it is like to be a photographer from a female perspective in india what it's like to be a photographer generally in terms of survival and the feasibility of life in india but also what is specializing in dance photography about like how do you find your voice how do you curate these amazing amazing dancers into these specific points and where does it all come from so she was very generous in talking about all things like that the politics of things and so much more so that is what this episode is about as well as our passion for the marvel universe now just a bit of background on megna she has worked with the likes of mohan shakti rajat bakshi melvin lewis lady lolita a very on eden garrick brinda famous crew rohit singh and so many others she's photographed over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds hundreds and hundreds of dances thousands of videos that she's created that have millions and millions of views she also does her own dance calendars that come out at the start of every year and features some of the most talented dancers now if you're internationally based somewhere or if you're nationally based in india does that grammatically again make sense or not but do hire magna 
reach out to her, have a conversation with her. And like I always say, meet fellow creatives in the industry and just, you know, meet for a cup of chai because that is how we grow. We support each other. We meet each other and we create genuine connections. And that is what the world is about. So I'm going to stop rambling. But without further ado, warm up your cup of chai now and let's dive into today's episode. But before we get into anything, we're going to play a quick warm-up game just to ease you oh in. God. Can you hear me? My connection is good. Are you ready? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, so this game, if you haven't been watching my show, is called the five-second rule. I'm going to throw some things at you. You're going to list them in threes, okay? And you have five okay. seconds to list those three things. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> For your five-second rule experience. By the way, this is not my game. I saw it on a talk show host and I just kind of borrowed it. So, in an interview, you mentioned you don't like rain, but you do like thunder. Actually, you love thunder and lightning. To quote you, it's a show and gets you excited. It's the main highlight. You also have done some beautiful, um, for those of you who do not know, Meghna is a beautiful singer. She has, she's done some Christmas covers. With John B. Ma'am. Oh, so that is far from you. Oh, God. I need so, so just saying you're a musician, you're all of those things. So your first five second game is sing three songs with the word love or piar in it. Okay, are you ready? In four, three, two, go. Oh no, yeah, I'm completely blank. I'm completely blank. <laughs> love of Pyar. Oh, sure. ah! Love is in the air. <laughs> oh, okay, so we got love in the air. Love in the air. Remember, you got five. Love is in the air. You got five seconds. You got five, five seconds. seconds. Five seconds. You got to be quick. You got to be quick. All right. In another interview, you mentioned that your granddad is a scriptwriter. Um, your dad is also a good photographer who encourages you to take pictures. Your family is full yeah. of creatives. And to quote in the Dance Bible, I love capturing dancers in movement. It's a welcoming challenge and pushes for me to document subjects that are in a constant movement. It's a rush. With that in mind, your second five-second rule game is name three different ways of saying it's not working. Go. <laughs> not cool. Do it again. <laughs> Switch your intention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. Almost good. Almost good. All right. You also mentioned in your second vlog, uh, we already discussed this, that you quote, you are a Marvel nerd. Hence why this. Hence why... This, if those of you who haven't oh, checked God. it out, please make sure you go check out Meghna's vlog series. There's only four episodes, but you know, she's trying, she's trying. Yeah, and in her first video, trying. she just, she I does say that there. she doesn't know how constant it's going to be, but she's going to try. Um, so, and you also talk about WandaVision. Um, so with all of those things in mind, okay, this is your Marvel question. What three <laughs> things would you do if you held Thanos's goblet hand with all of the oh six stones. Sorry, five stones. The infinity But object. you're in the year 1971. Okay? In four, three, two, one. Go. What three things would you do? I uh, Stop time. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is pretty much what i would do i would literally freeze time because i think that was just a different life <laughs> in 1971 yeah <laughs> all right cool you mentioned your love for dogs um which i by the way love by the way look look at you with a pup over there Ah, Look at you oh with another puppy over here. It's fair to say that you're literally five minutes before your call. There's some. Do uh, my you have a dog? Is... No, I don't. Not anymore. I grew up with a dog, but uh, my it. neighbor is fostering a puppy, and um, we were just basically. I was just. I just. My mom opened the door, and the dog was just running in circles outside the house, and then I was like playing with the dog, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need to log in for the live," and I came back then. <laughs> It's so fine. I love dogs too, by the way. I want a dog, but in London we have these things with flats that if you have a flat, some of them have it in their leasehold that they don't allow you to have dogs. So when I move, I'm gonna my next property. It's gonna have to have a dog. So your fourth question is: If we were to open your fridge right now, what three things would we find in there? Go. Dark chocolate, dark chocolate, and wine. <laughs> What dark chocolate do you like? I like dark chocolate with sea salt. Um, I'm open to anything as long as it's dark chocolate. The more bitter it is, the better it is. It's like <laughs> Oh god. Have you yeah, and yeah. what sort of wine fan are you? I like uh, red wine and uh, I even uh, enjoy like occasionally I enjoy having rosé wine and all that but red wine is like your sangria, thing. No sangria, just anything. Red wine needs to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like like a bitter red wine or like a sweetie? Like, are you Shiraz or Malbec? Um, honestly, that's a very uh, mood-based thing for me. Got it. it. Really depends on what kind of day I'm having. I'm here for it. As- All right, your last question, which I recently have been fascinated to ask people: list three <laughs> things you would run on if you were a prime minister candidate in India. Are you ready? In four, three, two, go! Oh my God! <laughs> run on! What do you mean by run on? This like, what are your policies going to be? Do oh, you know like, what I mean? Okay, like, yeah, this... yeah, go, 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 go. Okay, first okay. of all, make locations easily available for people to shoot at in India. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no healthcare, nothing for women. Just locations easier. Yeah, so... because there are so many. Like, it's it's force of habit. Like as a content creator, I'm constantly hunting for locations, and so many times we can't use things because permit or some stupid oh, yeah, issue like that. So yeah, that's the first thing. Can't use whatever location you want. Hello. Also, two ground rules for today. We're we're both going to try not to look at the comments too much, and okay. you, you're not allowed <laughs> to say you're nervous. Okay, no nervous. We're chill. We're talking. It's just you and me. It's just you and me. And you think that doesn't make me nervous? <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't talk to people. <laughs> um, but how was your? That is over now. By the way, your five-second rule is over. Um, let's talk about how was your day? How was your week? What did you have for dinner? Because it's like what, right, ten forty-five now almost. Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, my day. My day was uh, the usual: wake up in the morning, start editing. Keep editing. Step out for a meeting. Come back. Keep editing. Take one one and a half hour out to work out or do a yoga class. Okay. Eat uh, somewhere in between. I'll put in, put in my meals and all also. I was gonna uh, say, I do you know? Any meals. No, no, right. I don't skip any meals or anything. And then I had dinner. Then yeah. I got distracted by the dog next door, 
I there know, you go. Have you? But you've had. What did you have for dinner? Did you say you had dinner? I can't. I, you were cutting off. I had. Uh, I had um, like a bowl of dal chawal, and um, we had starters before that. So my oh. mom, uh, she she made these uh, steamed dim sims, so I couldn't resist. I know it's a very strange combination. <laughs> you, how do you go from like East Asian food to dal chawal? But you know. Live your life. Yeah. Live your life. I'm here for it. Um, I want to talk about hair quickly before we get into the interview. Talk you have hair. hair. You have very, very thick hair, like extremely thick, luscious, long hair. Is it red right now? What is it? It didn't used to be red. When did it go red? It, it's going to be red again or next month. Okay. Because uh, I am officially ending my sabbatical from hair color and uh, getting out of my identity crisis with this. Even though this is my natural hair color, but I feel such an attachment to the red, so I'm going back to that color next month. But yes, for a long like over the last five years, like on and off, I've just had a lot of red in my hair. <laughs> What have you been blonde? Have you been blue? All all of them are not really. Just uh, different shades of red and violet. Have you had to put bleach in your hair because your hair is quite dark and no, thick? No, so, so the reason I stick to reds and violets is because I don't want to bleach my hair because it will really take away from the quality of my hair. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> good one. And what's the shortest you've ever had your hair? Ah, uh, so my entire childhood, my hair was like this, this short, which is why I had to grow it out when uh, I told you. But yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I like it. You have worked in this industry for a long time, right? And you have—I don't—we haven't met in person. We voice noted each other. I've watched your videos, and like I know some people who know you. But you have such a positive and joyous energy and outlook on life. How has this industry not managed to kill your joy? Firstly, <laughs> and where do you get your smiles and your laughter and your energy from? <laughs> Okay. Um, Do you wake up like so, Preeti Zinta from Veer Zara, which is just hum no, no, to pay no, aise? No, 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 no. <laughs> so uh, the only reason I can stay like this is because um, my mom and sister see this the most. That I, it's not that the industry hasn't gotten to me. It's just that yeah. I don't keep anything. Uh, like a lot of us keep things inside and let a build up happen and eventually blast. So I, I don't allow that to happen with me. If something bothers me, let's get it out. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just like, I was watching your videos today and I was just like for the last couple of weeks trying to see things. And I was like, you're such a happy person. I was like, you see shit of me. I'm like so moody. Dancers are so moody and like photographers are sometimes so I know, moody. I know. I know. I deal and, with a lot of moody dancers. Yeah, but photographers are moody too. It's not like you guys yeah, are like Even enjoys... I am moody. It's not that I'm not. It's just that I don't know. It's it's uh, I used to be really cranky about everything for a really long time and then I just got bored of being cranky so I just stopped. <laughs> That's a good one. My first question to you is this. Since you're so used to taking other people's pictures and filming other people and creating content if somebody was to be like let's take a picture of you which describes you as a person and describes your world and your past experiences paint me that picture what would that picture look like okay so um 
back in 2017 uh, Janvi um, wanted to like we were working on something and she needed pictures of me because she wanted to upload a picture and then do a write-up about me because I'm always behind the camera because I was shooting so many of her festivals and everything she wanted to do like a piece on like who's the one behind the camera and all of that so she tells me that Meghna figure out a way and get me some portraits of yourself okay so I'm just like okay I have reached out to about four or five different photographers and they've all photographed me and I have completely hated everything that everyone's done because I am so overcritical about how I would look and how the lighting is and just several factors. Yeah. And in my head, I knew exactly what I wanted the picture to look like. So I wanted a Meghna Bhalla shot. I wanted okay. to be photographed by myself. Like I wanted my lighting on my photo. And then, so I even tried getting somebody who would let me do the lighting for the shoot and then they could capture it. But that was just a disaster. It didn't work. So I finally booked a studio for an yeah. hour. I took my sister along and a friend of mine along. The three of us went. I did. I made them sit. I did the light setup and everything. I went and changed. And then I went and sat. And then I told them, make me laugh. And then um, <laughs> my sister was just clicking, pressing the button and capturing. And then that's how I got some shots. And pretty much that's just how. So, um, yeah, if, if, if you would have a... So, my ideal photograph would be a photograph with my kind of lighting. <laughs> and with me smiling. What is your... I try to, in your interviews, you talk about this a lot when people ask you, which is like, I come from a fashion background where like, I know like the Dabu Ratnani's or like the Stephen Klein or like the Jill Ben Simon or like Annie Leibovitz who have like a specific style. And people were trying to ask you like, what is your style? And you were like, it changes from dancer to dancer. Sometimes I like working with fabric. Sometimes I like it with this. Sometimes it's outside. Sometimes it's inside. For me, it's like connecting with a dancer and figuring out. And I was just like, yeah, but what is a Meghna Bhala? Like, what is, what makes you, you? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, what's your lighting now that you're talking about it? What is this lighting? What is it's this jadu? So yeah. yeah, I really don't know. It's, I mean, I pretty much, you actually said most of the answers I would give. It's you the connection and the thoughts and everything. But point <laughs> being, I like to do, uh, I don't like to do, um, like even if I'm working with one spotlight, for example, like lately I've been working with one spotlight for a lot of shoots because it's a very interesting um, set up to work with so uh, and I also want to like probably build a series where I can make people probably understand that you know you don't need too many things to create good content so I've been trying to experiment with that idea so I've been working with one right. spotlight and single light photographs so I just don't like the easiest way to describe my lighting is that it's unconventional okay that I wouldn't do what most photographers do and I've had so many um uh, rifts with people because of this because uh, for a typical photographer's lighting there are technicality wise there are many rules I break yeah which for somebody who's very rule focused is I'm like their worst nightmare in a studio because I will just change the placement of the lights and I'll add them differently I'll, I'll, I'll use different kind of attachments on the light which usually they wouldn't suggest but that is pretty much it that along with the kind of angles I would capture like I worked with somebody recently and uh her brief to me was that um, click my pictures with your weird angles. Uh, your Atrangi photos I want. And I'm just like, what is that supposed to mean? 
She said, no, you click these low angle shots and these weird top angle shots. I, I want to look cool like that. So I was like, okay, I figured what you mean. So my lighting is non-conventional, non-conventional, whatever the right word would be. We're going to talk about lighting then quickly since you're talking about lighting. Um, I learned this when I was studying film. <clears throat> Color charts of lighting, ethnic skin tone and using gels and certain things that work better on melanin skin, brown skin, dark mm -hmm. pigmented skin and things like that. What sort of things have you learned about lighting through your experimentation, would you say? So and I've been working on this series called Color Theory, wherein I essentially yes. mix different colors of light uh, in studio. Because first of all, so Color Theory, I started doing it because um, what's hap what's been happening at least over here from whatever I've observed is people are relying very heavily on post-production to add these color flares and everything yeah. in photographs and the bad thing about that I feel is that you the kind like you can tell that it's been added later because the there's no direction to the light or anything like if you're somebody who knows even a little bit about what's going on you will know that this is done in post-production yeah uh, so I actually started experimenting with these lights because I was like, okay, I want to create the, these colorful light patterns, but I don't want it to be very typical because a very typical shot would be like, uh, which I also started with when I started experimenting is one side is a certain color and one side is oh, a certain yeah. color and just like a stark change and stuff like that. And I wanted to see in a studio that um, how mixing colors would look on, uh, look on people. So I started and what like, for example, um, and I was literally using stuff that you learn in school, like if I mix red or like if I mix red and blue, I will get violet and stuff like, uh, like maybe I'm messing it up right now. I don't know. No, but, no, no, you um, miss, you get purple. And then if I, um, if I mix um, blue and yellow, I will get green. So stuff like that. So I started playing with that. And what happened in the process is that I used to, I literally have a bag of cellophane sheets. <laughs> that I use to put on my lights and depending on the kind of like, like I'll put one sheet or two sheets depending on how harsh I want the color to be, how bright or light I want it to be. And once I set that up in the studio and I start photographing the person, a third color shows up in the mix, oh. which is what none of us can understand where it's coming from. And it took me a long time to figure that out because I'm just like, this is the color I should be getting. Where is the third color oh. output coming from? And I realized later in the process that because the light is throwing its own tonality, like a slight white tonality that's mixing with these colors. That's why it's getting that third shade that's coming. So um, what I like, these are things I learned in the process that I couldn't have foreseen this would happen. And it's very interesting because like my sister, uh, she paints. So for me, uh, for the, anybody, for most of the people don't know this, but I was... I'm one of those people who failed in craft and art in school. Like I have failed. Yeah, but you are so creative yourself. How did you fail? I just don't understand how that works. I cannot draw. Is the teacher? Is the teacher? I cannot, I cannot draw paint to save my life. My idea of drawing is like making a smiley face. Like my sister, whenever she's sitting and painting, I'll take her paintbrush or her pen or her pencil and literally draw, draw like these smiley faces on the side. That is pretty much my idea of drawing. Okay. So I feel like color theory came from like I, that that want to experiment with colors and lighting came from there because I couldn't do it uh, like the, like with my hands. So uh, like not that I'm not using my hands for this, but I couldn't do it on a sheet of paper with a brush. So I found my way in a studio to do it with light. 
I'm here for that. Do you feel like there are certain things you would like to, like if you were to talk to an up and coming photographer who wanted to experiment with light, um, what three basic principles would you tell them about it? Especially working with people who are ethnic. Don't chase bright light for everything because I think that's a big mistake people do. They just want everything so bright. What they don't realize in the process is that it ends up overexposing the skin and you mm. lose the texture and the color palette of the person's skin like brown skin people for example they look so beautiful not that white skin people don't look beautiful on camera but um, yeah you need to be careful about I know. <laughs> but somebody with a darker skin tone um, like you can't just like uh, a lot of people make this mistake that they just make everything look very bright and it, it makes their skin also pop a little weird yeah. so yeah don't be obsessed with bright 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 light that's one thing I would tell. Um, another thing that I would tell someone is um, be open to experimenting with more than one light because well, like as good as it is to work with one light setups, which I've been trying lately, um, when you have one more light to work with, either just to work as a fill light or either to add like a cross light or cut things, it really adds very different texture to the final product that you find. And the third would be that... Um, don't try to change the person. Like, okay. yeah, don't, don't try to change them because that's also a mistake a lot of people do. My next question is, which goes back to your, your way how you do pre-production, which is you like to and how you photograph and your aesthetic as a photographer and a videographer is like, you like to talk to people. You like to do a little stalking, just like I do. You go through the thing, you do a little questionnaire. And then I found this really beautiful. I don't know, of course, I think like depending on what client you have and how much time you have, you said that sometimes you get people to change and then you just get them to stand there for like 20 minutes or for a little while, not posing, not doing anything. And then the process begins. Why is it so important for you to do the pre-production the music for them to do it yourself, the meeting to make them feel at ease. Why is it? Because there's lots of people who'll just come, do the job, take pictures, post-production, add what they need to, and then go, do you know what I mean? Why is it for you so important to do that? The first reason is because I really love what I do. <laughs> like maybe not that people mustn't be loving what they do. Like it's just that for me, I'm very, and I was talking to a friend about this earlier today before the live only. And he uh, he mentioned that you're practicing for your life. And I was like, no, I'm not practicing for my life. But um, what was happening in the process, like I was explaining to him also the same thing that I'll be like, uh, the same thing that for me, my work is literally an extension of who I am. It is best. So that's why um, I'm literally giving a part of my energy to somebody through the project that I do. That is why I'm very, like, I'm very particular about who I photograph. Um, who I work with it is um, it, it's a very um, special and uh, sacred thing for me so I, I will not just say yes to working with anyone and that has um, at many occasions offended a lot of people and um, I've made uh, I've, I've had a lot of um, differences with people along the way for that very reason but I don't care <laughs> so um, I've, I like my dad taught me this very early that uh, you need to be brand conscious because um, it's it's the way to sort of maintain your quality and not lose essence of yourself which is mm. why uh, that's also something that really helped so the whole 
pre-production process is important because somehow I end up working with people. Like, so two things that have been happening for a long time in common is that one one thing is that I'm usually the first person these artists do their photo shoots with. Ah. Uh. So obviously, the fact that they have no experience uh, being in front of camera, so they are very scared. Like, um, there is this dancer I worked with very recently. Uh, stunning, but she was. It was her first official photo shoot. um with like in general not just with me but in general it was her first portfolio shoot and wow. she was shivering before she uh, literally uh, we took the first shot and i went to her and i literally i held her hand and said calm down you record dance videos all the time relax she said no 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 sorry for the problem so yeah so the pre production process is important for them also to because i think um, what happens with most of them is they see the picture and the final product and there's a like, oh, what <laughs> and they think that they can't look like that and for me i find that funny because i'm just like and i say this to everyone that um, because most people come to me and they're just like i'm really awkward i'm really like this i'm really, this is my first time i'm like this i'm like that and i'm just like every person i i just like i think somehow by default attract uh, awkward and novice people maybe because i'm also like that <laughs> So yeah, the pre-production process is usually important so that even I get an essence of the person. Because for me, it's also important. Like if I have creative control on a project, yeah, I like um, showcasing people's personalities because it's very easy for everybody to like. There's nothing wrong with doing concept-driven work, but I think if you find a sweet spot where you can mix a concept and showcase a person's personality, I think that's like hitting on point. Mm. so that pre production process is important so that i can understand what the person is about also for me to be sure i want to work with the person before anything else <laughs> like, you cannot you cannot gauge too much on text mm. meeting a person and that energy exchange is i feel very important yeah. so for them to find that space of comfort and understand because the musicians get scared um, this is a new thing i've been discovering working with them because they are so into making their music they just like I don't know how to pose. I don't know how to model. I can't do cool things your dancers do, and I'm just like, it's fine. I don't yeah, want you too. to do cool things my dancers do. I need you to be yourself. So yeah, the pre-production process is important to understand. You photographed your entire life. You went from like normal cameras to like Polaroids to Digicams to DSLRs to now using like Pro Pro Pro. equipment but do you remember the first time you got paid to do a shoot oh, yeah. what was what was it what did you do with that paycheck and then do you remember the last current shoot that you did and how vastly different that is from your first shoot to now and also has your rates changed <laughs> joking of course they have Sorry, sorry. What else? I'm assuming your rates have changed, right? Like from your first Drastically. shoot. Drastically. Like, I was gonna say. Imagine if you're like, no, no, fifty rupees, fifty rupees for an entire photo portfolio. No, I've never shot for fifty rupees, thank God. But uh, it has Listen. changed drastically. So the first shoot that I got, so I was working with uh, Danceworks, and I've been creating like by that by this point, I was creating content with them for like a year or two at least already. But uh, yeah. this particular my 18th birthday, I remember specifically. So it's wow. been two years. I have I've been creating 
content with dancers and on my 18th birthday specifically um yeah my teacher and my so jason uh, comes up to me and he's telling me that uh, i know it's your birthday on uh, uh, 23rd december but we have a show and uh, i wanted to hire you to shoot that show and i'm i have no idea and i'm just like what do you mean well, i've already been shooting for 2 years what do you mean you want to hire me to shoot and he's like you idiot i want yeah. to pay you for the shoot that you do and i'm saying oh like that so i go with them um, to so there's this uh, very popular college festival that happens here called um, mood indigo okay. it's organized by iit pawai uh, so that's a festival so dancers was presenting a performance for the festival because I think some of the teachers were judging the dance competition there, and the company was just doing like a performance to show what the company is about. And basically, they were also giving out scholarships to the winners who could oh, wow. come and train with the company. So, um, I so that was my first paid shoot. I remember I went on my birthday. I left at six in the morning. We were we all like went on a tiny bus, and we went all the way. Like it was about a one and a half hour road trip. and we reached there i photographed the show and everything in fact that was also the first time i was um, photographing on manual mode because i used to photograph on automatic but because it was uh, yeah i mean i discovered manual literally um, a week before the show and i was just like oh my god this is crazy so i was practicing like a crazy person and that was the first show i was shooting at manual yeah like that was the first uh, like i got uh, i got 3000 rupees as my paycheck and uh, the first thing i do is i come home and i give the check to my dad saying you are even i am earning money you know <laughs> and he's like do you know what i can get in 3000 nothing and i'm just like i said look at the sentimental value i'm giving you the money i earned <laughs> he's like wait so, what what can you get in 3000 wait that would be about what that basically at that point of time honestly I could have used three thousand to sign up for the next three months at dance also only <laughs> for student classes, which is a lot because it's like thirty-two classes sorted. I don't need to worry about the money factor. So yeah. And then your last shoot that you did. The recent shoot that I've done, like the thing is, there are so many I've been doing parallelly. There's one I did last night, and it was just a very hilarious experience because uh, I'm working with this girl for the first time, and uh, yeah. we're um, having a look at the location, and uh, we got stuck in the elevator, and <laughs> it was just, it was just crazy, and we're just like, and that chick, she's like, ah, because she's doing this because she's hoping her makeup doesn't. Uh, oh. I thought she was claustrophobic. I, I am. No, no, I was the one who was claustrophobic, and this is me. I'm just chilling on the side, and she's panicking, and I'm just telling her, "Relax, it'll be okay." And she said to me, "How are you not losing your mind right now?" I told her, "I'll tell you later because if I talk about it right now, I'm gonna think about it. I don't want to think got about it. it." So we are figuring a solution, and we got out in about five ten minutes because the racket she was creating and the screaming and all of that helped. Somebody noticed, and they opened the lift, and then we go to. Um, uh we go to the terrace that we were shooting at and then she's asking me how are you so cool down there and i was just like actually i'm claustrophobic so if i would start thinking about oh my god i'm stuck in such a small space i don't know what would have happened and my shoot was important so i've just been staring at the ceiling because there was this um you know like oh you can see that the fan is there the oh ceiling. yeah yeah so i was staring at that and in my mind i'm just like okay see 
that's an open space there is pressure entering and exiting you are not going to uh, lose uh, your, your breath or anything so relax yeah. <laughs> but yeah the drastic change um obviously monetarily there is a big change overall um which is uh very welcome after all this time like it's like the hard work is literally paying off <laughs> but it's still like i know i can amp it up a lot more which i will slowly slowly um in terms of skill set though uh, a lot has changed because um i think it's thanks to the kind of work situations and ex- uh, scenarios and experiences that i've dealt with all over the years that no like no matter like i have a very problem solving approach on set like um, if there's some issue happening i'm not going to sit and think oh my god what are we going to do i'll just be like okay fine we can try this we can try that yeah and uh, my basic motto is every bmm students motto like bmm mass media basically is what most people have done yeah it is my basic motto which is called ultimate jugaad that is something we are taught in college that basically like i mean the kind of things we have done back in the day i remember i was shooting a video and we needed to take a slider shot now we didn't have a slider because we had no budget yeah and neither did we so first somebody suggested oh let's get a skateboard so i'm just like but we have no access to a skateboard so then um, i remember i asked one of these dancers to give me their uh, you know they carry um, these towels to dry themselves after a yeah, shower yeah yeah So I've taken that, I've folded it, and I've kept it on the floor. And uh, I've called one of my friends to help, and they are holding um, two edges of the towel from the other side. I'm holding two edges. I've set the camera on the towel, started started recording the shot, and then we dragged the towel <laughs> on the floor to show that glide kind of shot back in the day, because we wanted that shot. <laughs> so yeah. I um, mean, <laughs> I mean, you were T Millie before he was T Millie. Did you know Timely? I'm assuming yes, right? So fun fact, I actually talk to him a lot, and he follows me on Instagram, and he uh, keeps giving me feedback for my work. There you go. Like one of my um, biggest inspirations. Like I just love his work. He's he's amazing. Well, let's talk about inspirations and idols because, like, I think, like, as dancers, we can look through Instagram and just, like, you know, see, like, oh, this person, oh, I like their career. Oh, this person, they're doing well. So, like, who are some of the accounts that you follow, and some of the people whose work you like? Let's say five people currently whose work you like or whose page you go to, and you're like, oh, they're doing really, really good, or they kind of like not inspire because I. If if you want to use that word, feel free to. But like, who kind of make you feel like, oh, this is this is really good. This is dope. This is not a recent discovery for me. This is something that happened a long time ago, thanks to one of my uh, very close friends. She's a multimedia designer, so she introduced me to Behance Hi. a very long time ago. And um, what helped in the process is that what happens on Instagram is somewhere I feel very. Um, commercial work or uh, very um how how do i put it nicely mainstream mainstream and also a lot of um, like i feel because of uh, more more stuff from the us side of the world shows up on instagram at least for india i don't know what it is for other places but naturally because your hollywood is so big most 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 inspiration comes from 
Hollywood, right? Most of the yeah. sort of circles down and comes down to India. So, um, what Behance helped me to do is uh, discover a lot of artists from the European end of the world, and uh, I love Europe. Like anybody who knows me knows this. Um, my heart is like I think I should have been born at the other <laughs> end of the world. <laughs> I don't know, but, like I feel like uh, I belong there. Um, but yeah, so uh, what happened in the process through Behance is I found a lot of these photographers who are based out of Italy and France and Russia and uh, the UK, and um, I actually and their names are so complicated, so I cannot possibly list them. But but I like in that if you want to know like what kind of work really catches my fancy, it's uh, yeah. a lot of art uh, artistic and aesthetic work that's created by these photographers. Like they don't have a lot of followers. So many of them are not even on Instagram, but their work on Behance is beyond stunning. Like I just, I see their work and I'm just like, how does your brain work like that? Give me that brain. So, however, uh, two three photographers who I I can recollect names of one is Sean Taco. Okay. He is stunning. He does a lot of portraits and a lot of documentary style photography. and he writes a lot of books and everything he makes a lot of uh, youtube videos and everything as well but man that guy with his and he's been photographing for more than i think uh, 35 40 years now wow his his work like you can see the maturity in his work so he is somebody whose profile i keep following just and he doesn't shoot dancers or anything as per se but just his perspective is what really inspires me and the way he has his insight and vision um Apart from that, uh, there are two photographers, uh, R. J. Muna and Richard Combs. They are based out of uh, the U.S. and they've created extensive work with Alvin Ailey and all back in the day. So um, I really, I in the start, I used to love their work. I still do, but then they work with a lot of technically sound dancers. So all their watches are like ballet and contemporary, and everything is sharp and long and straight. So yeah, but. Uh, for the like the current kind of work that i've been in the kind of inspiration that i've been drawing is from those guys from behance whose names are too complicated to pronounce so i really can't if somebody really wants to know drop me a dm i'll send you the screenshots of their uh, accounts let's talk about your specialization which is dance um you talk about the fact how when you were studying there was a lot of back and forth between teachers in regards to why you were specializing but you kind of had this connection with dance already and that's why you wanted to go into it um what were some of the back and forth what other things did you try and what is your connection to dance it was easy for me to figure out my specialization because like it's not that i didn't try other things from the, like like i said i've been photographing since i've been a child so i like very early in my life i had the whole phase of i'm clicking pictures of plants and then of dogs and then of the street and then of these favorite uh, stationery that i have and stuff like that so that basically comes into documentary photography and portraits and then uh, product and everything and um, i used to get bored <laughs> like occasionally i like clicking product but it's only if i like that's at my convenience and if it's something that really caught my attention and i want to create something for it but uh, 
and also i have done like a lot of practice work like uh, i was also working with a company for about like i couldn't last there for more than four and a half months because i got so bored photographing products that i remember my i i still remember so clearly the last shoot that i did before i walked out of the company was that i had their products in my hand and i was flinging them in the air while clicking their pictures because i needed some form of movement happening in them because i was like this is just they're just sitting there like at least if i'm clicking pictures of a person there is it's a human being so yeah. that's one thing that was important for me to understand that i i, I cannot work with products or non living things i need a human being or like a dog or a cat or some animal who will respond and not just be like <laughs> i mean i can't believe so yeah uh, my teachers and my seniors also from college act they used to push the importance of experimenting in other places because one is that they didn't know that i had already been doing that for a long time so obviously that was one reason for them to push it and the thing is that a lot of my seniors used to push it because they for them that's how the process went they took a long time personally to figure out where they wanted to go so they just formed the assumption that everybody would take that long but it doesn't work like that like everyone's journey is different so for me i figured out really early that um, this is what excites me like movement i wouldn't even i wouldn't put it down to dancing movement mm. is what inspires me like um, like lately i've been uh, working on a concept where i literally want to um, rig these different fabrics and throw them around and turn them around and capture the shapes they create wow. because even the movement of those fabrics is movement essentially so movement is what has always inspired me more than anything it gives like and when dancers come into play obviously because they can do so much Mm. and there is so much that can be done with their talent it's a con- it's like a like a, like i say it's a rush to work with because there's so much excitement happening because there's so much happening from their end at the same time yeah so that's why the figuring like the back and forth happened from that front but that's what was just re- really easy for me to figure out and my connection with dance i used to just love dancing like uh, as a kid also i used to like i have this picture from uh, my childhood where I'm literally standing on a chair and giving a performance to my family, and I have no idea what that is about. What were you But, performing? Uh, I have no idea. It was—it's just a picture. I—I I must have been what two or three years old. It is just a really funny picture. That's another thing on Facebook. It's not on Instagram. We need to get these things on here. My next question is sustainability, which I'm always intrigued with. I think there's two portions of it which I'm very intrigued with. One, there's not a lot of female photographers, right? That I personally know of. There two, aren't, there aren't a lot of women in this industry. It's a very male-dominated industry. It is. Two, sustainability as a freelancer photographer working in an industry which is very much politicized. and polarized sometimes not by having like equal rights or like equal wages and things like that or there's when i talk to like all of the dancers there's not sort of like a union or a systemic yeah, base for even like let's take entertainment out there's not like a national minimum wage or anything like that so how do you sustain especially you don't even have a website which i was like <laughs> what about i was like where is this website <laughs> so my first question okay, okay. is the sustainability bit uh, I walk like a dog <laughs> that's the nicest way I can put it uh, I am like honestly my uh, like 
I've started to calm down in life now because I'm just like okay, like I'm also like, uh, thankfully the financial liquidity touch wood has improved now. Like I'm getting better paying projects and everything. It's coming up because I think uh, all the sort of like visually now the work is showing. Like earlier, um, a very dear friend of mine actually made me realize this. So uh, I don't know if he's still on the live. He was here some time back. I'm not gonna take his name. He knows who he is. Okay. That, uh, he sat with me and had a conversation where he was he, like he was asking me all these questions that five years down the line, ten years down the line, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to do this, I want to do that. And he's like, okay, so uh, do it. And I'm just like, I will if somebody gives me the opportunity to. He's like, sure, don't tell. That was what he said. He said, you think you are good at uh, like you can be a creative director, but you have nothing to show for it. So why will I hire you as a creative director? Just simple logic, and I'm just like, that is not how it works, and it really hit my ego. <laughs> and I think he did that so that I could understand the importance of putting in time and building my profile and building my portfolio and all of that. That is that was one of his reasons for doing it. But um, yeah, so because of putting all of that hard work, now I'm getting better commission projects. I'm getting uh, picked for different kind of projects. So. Things are really falling into place, but that has not that is not changing the fact that I'm a type A workaholic. Like I work like like my life is very extreme. It's either too busy or too free. There is no middle ground. And at this point yeah. in my life, I'm trying to find that middle ground so that also because I get very excited. I won't even blame it on my clients or anything. I like to take it like I have these phases where I just I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and then there are phases where I just like no. Call me after a week. So I'm trying to find middle ground. So sustainability comes from there, and thankfully I have um, like uh, our dad, like my parents have always taught us the importance of savings mm. and all of that. So um, uh, my investments and all also like mostly I invest in my equipment and everything. But uh, all these concepts have been um, sort of. Nailed down hard in the head really early in life. That value, like you know, value, value money, you know the importance of money, and all of these things. So um, yeah, sustainability-wise, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. So I have worked on a lot of projects. Like even till date, there are so many projects I go for where um, I'll probably be the only girl on set from the production team. Like no camera operators or like DOPs and all of that on set. Like it's literally yeah. a set of fifteen men. And me, and then the artist. Who, if I'm lucky, is a girl. So that's the other girl I know. But um, it's it's very uh, like initially I used to get scared also because I was like, what is this? <laughs> like there's nobody else here. But now I just don't care anymore. Um, it does initially it was very difficult because also um, so one thing that I've been told for most of my life, even occasionally till date, is that you are too nice. Mm. Because um, the thing is, I have come from a place of struggle. I have struggled a lot to get where I am, and I'm still struggling to get better. But what happens in the process of struggling is obviously uh, you are in situations where you are put down and yelled at and snapped at. And as a person, I try to not repeat those patterns when I'm at my work environment. So in the process, I'm really nice to people. And the thing is, the world that is that we are living in is not so nice. So they think that being nice means equals to being stupid. Yeah, and which is further equals to I can take advantage of said person. So this is a entire environment I've been dabbling with for a long time, 
so i get this a lot that you are too nice and all because um the thing is it's very uh, difficult for me to snap at someone in the first place my patience right. level is extremely high because i have worked with such difficult clients over the years yeah that um, my threshold for uh, stupidity is very high so okay. <laughs> and even um, even uh, like it, it, it like obviously there's a lot of back and forth i've worked with a lot of people who have no idea what they want and um, they'll still try to put all the blame on you even though they are confused what they want and all of that so my patience level has built a lot so it takes a lot to make me snap but yeah. because of the kind of personality i have earlier i used to hold back because i used to be afraid that you know what if i snap and i lose out on the job or things Got like it. this but now um finally i have come to the understanding over the years that i need to be myself and put my foot down otherwise people don't take you seriously especially as a girl like men somehow they have it a little easy on that front that they may hey, bro ah, let's go man i chalna nikalte hain all this shit women can't do unfortunately because if you do that with a guy they think that you are just like mm, let's go yeah no not like that <laughs> so um now i've reached a point where i trishita is laughing because she's seen me um I'm known for my comebacks. Like a lot of people call oh. me very savage, because uh, I will just snap. And when I snap, I have my ways of giving back, and I give it back in such a way that when I tell the person and while I'm there, they laugh it off. And once I leave, they'll actually understand what happened. So, ah. but it's taken a long time to understand how to do that. So that's how I'm Wait. surviving in a situation. Meghna, what are you? You're not. Are you Punjabi? Are you good? Are yeah, you poor? My dad's a Punjabi and my mom's a Sindhi. There you go. Wait, you're Sindhi? My mom is. I'm obsessed with Sindhis. Can I just say? <laughs> I know you're obsessed with me too. I'm obsessed with you too, but like <laughs> I'm obsessed with Sindhis because I've never met a poor Sindhi in my entire life. Yeah, because they they don't exist. They don't exist. They don't Every Sindhi I've met. Is is even if they say they're poor, they're not poor. They're not. I want to meet savings and assets. Exactly. I've never met a Sindhi who's just yeah. And Punjabis are just known for being sharp tongues. My so mom. I've, my mom is here. She's saying my best friend. You are now. <laughs> Auntie, I want to do a documentary on Sindhis. I just want to let you know. I want to meet what happened. Seriously. I want to meet a Sindhi who was like it's going to be a movie who was like left by the family and is like barely surviving. <laughs> like oh my before. god. <laughs> Bechara Sindhi. That could be the name of your movie. There you go. Um I'm sorry to interrupt but I did want to ask this because it was in my thoughts and I'll lose this. Again, I think India has become very progressive but I I asked this because of the image and the perception that is still there. and also being south asian myself having been ostracized for working in the creative industry and for who i am is there a cultural backlash ever i know you have a very creative family and a very supportive family but um is there ever even like a social backlash to when you walk on the set and you're the photographer and the client doesn't know you they think you're the assistant or or the aunties making fun of you for being a photographer <laughs> or whatever is Is there? No, um, no, there's no cultural backlash, but I think what does tend to happen is uh, I I faced this very recently at a shoot where uh, I was coordinating with the studio owner and uh, I'm trying to fix and it was like a proper like a 
like a like we had like a around like a seven or eight hour shift, and we were doing it was the photo shoots, everyone looks and all of that. And I'm coordinating with the studio owner, and he's just like uh, he's he's telling me things like ask the photographer what he wants, uh. ask the photographer what he prefers, and I'm just like now I at this point have reached a point where buddy I'm gonna uh, screw with your head now. So I'm just like photographer wants this, photographer wants that. I'm not putting gender to it, okay? I reach on the I reach the studio and everything. This guy is not there. I'm doing yeah. my setup. My model is getting ready. Uh, my dancer is getting ready. Yeah. My stylist is there and everything. And my entire team is. And we are a team of women working on the project. Okay. From the artist to the hair, makeup, styling, photographer. All the all of us are girls on set. And um, this man uh, very rudely just enters the studio without knocking or anything, which bugged me because you know. I was doing very experimental looks with my artist, so you know, um, the least you could do is knock because she could be in the middle of a change or adjusting yeah. her clothes or something like that. And you need to be particular about these things. So this guy rudely walks in and he's like, um, "Where's the photographer?" And I'm just standing there and I'm just like, <laughs> and then he's like, um, "Oh hi, I'm so and so. Who are you?" And I'm just like, "I'm the photographer." So he's like, "No, what is your name?" I told him that I'm Meghna Bhalla. He's like. Oh, so you are only the photographer, and I was just like, I told him it's, uh, I told him yeah, I'm shooting, and then he goes and he asked me such stupid questions. He was like, 20 minutes of my shoot went there. Thankfully, my model was still getting ready, so it didn't affect our shooting time. But he's asking me stupid Imagine. questions like, I'm trying to understand what are you trying to do here, and me out of the goodness of my heart, I'm trying to explain to him this that. At the end of the conversation, I was telling my uh, friends and my team. that you know i i i really regret that i didn't give him the comeback that i wanted to because at one point i was just sitting and thinking that i literally wanted to tell him that no man we are a bunch of rich kids we just wanted to convert black money to white money so we thought we'll just come and give it to you man and use this studio <laughs> so i really wish i gave him that comeback oh. days, but yeah so cultural appropriation not i've not faced so much but uh, they just assume a girl is not going to come and work on set and that is something that i i just i just don't understand what that's about and as a girl it does get challenging sometimes like um, most of the events i've shot at like i i was shooting this um, dance and music festival and even then like i'm one person shooting the dance festival because i i i i was doing content for an after movie mm-hmm. for videos and photographs because i just keep capturing things and all of that and then there's this other team of photographers and videographers working on the film festival not a single girl And I'm just like, what is happening here? And then they see me on the days like, who are you? Why are you here? And I'm just like, I'm shooting. And they just like, but uh, why are you shooting? Aren't you supposed to be doing something else? And I'm just like, like what? Why can't I shoot? So that is still somehow existing. Um, after all these years, like you think that things have improved, like it has improved. Like now there are women coming up in all like sorts of. Um, zones uh, of the industry but uh, still this sort of closed mindset and the disbalance is there that when you walk on set if you see a woman there like you will also be like are wah ladki aaj it's like that do you um do you ever feel the need to fight that or do you take it case by case of course like do you go and then be like okay you know what i'm going to i'm going to lecture at this university i'm going to do this i'm going to do more of this work to push the agenda of womanhood um, in the industry i have been very vocal about it now 
initially i wouldn't because again um, the there were several factors one i was i was also insecure about uh, do I, am i something to be able to say all this correct <laughs> then how do i go around advocating maine khud kya kiya it's like that so that self doubt and questioning was there for a long time so i also wouldn't speak up and i also used to be very scared because um, also in like for a long time the kind of people i was surrounded by thankfully i'm not surrounded by those people anymore but the kind of people i was surrounded by it was a very um, draining sort of exchange so i, okay. I always had the fear that if i will be outspoken and speak my mind out about things um they might leave me or they might not want to associate with me and all of that and uh, no matter what i did to protect things they did leave me eventually so that really taught me that okay so if i could survive this person or these people exiting my life and not being there to work with and get the support from them i can pretty much manage so that's why then i stopped holding back and all and i think i've been meeting some really beautiful people because i'm just being 100% honest like mm. that's my thing anybody i work with or talk to my friends new friendship uh, friendships i make or any kind of bonds i'm building we have this basic rule that there's 100% transparency so that you don't have to deal with the awkwardness of like oh maybe mm. you know, there's 100% and it it makes things so much easier in terms of work and even building a relationship with someone be it your friend or anything uh the 100% transparency it just saves a lot of um, drama and you actually really really understand each other's presence and ethic and all of these things so um now i have become very outspoken about these things that like i will bring it up and i won't hold back like if something bothers me like even this guy for example he's asking me why would you work with a dancer if you can work with a model yeah and i'm just like my face was literally like this like i looked at him and i'm just because in my head i'm just like this man i want to throw him out of here right now <laughs> and i told him and then i basically at that point i had snapped and uh, he asked for it so my way of dealing with him was i told him okay fine uh, you like models because they uh, showcase outfits he's like yeah so i said okay so models are important for fashion brands okay so he's like yeah i said okay uh, when you are trying to showcase your fabric on a model you want them to sway it a certain way do certain things but i don't know if you realize that your models sometimes they have very stuck posture in their body they look very awkward or stuck or sometimes if they also do something their face would look a little off he's well, like yeah that happens certainly so yeah so now when i get a dancer for the same thing they have the kind of body and the fitness um they have the presence and they know how to move with something like you know if you give them an intention that i want you to play with this fabric and showcase it like it's your skin but you have the most beautiful skin on your body that is an intention i'm giving you as a movement artist to work with you will start articulating your movement in a way to show that off yeah so and because you're a dancer you know how your body language should be how your face should be so in the process the overall output is beautiful yeah so i told him that is why a dancer and not a model do you want more answers or can i get along with my shoot he said like, no no i'm so sorry i'm sorry you just left and i was like thank god and then after the shoot he stayed around to ask some more questions he oh no no he followed me 10 minutes after that conversation on instagram and he's coming and liking all of my work he's followed my artist and he's followed all of us and now once we are done with the shoot 
his uh, studio is reposting the content that this is created in our studio and i'm say very nice buddy i wish i had footage of you asking me stupid questions when we were shooting <laughs> which brings us to our next question how you are managing to get work without a website <laughs> <laughs> okay so see i have been and it's really funny because i will go advising everybody you should have a website you should organize yeah you do talk about this <laughs> so i i i tell people about the importance to have all of this like you need to have your social media presence everything needs to be solid like i'm i'm like there but when it comes to my own thing i'm nowhere for the simple reason that um <laughs> i am so picky about my own work like yeah it took me the longest time to write a bio Now I finally have a bio. Where is this bio? I have it with me. <laughs> I haven't got it on the internet. I've looked and looked everywhere. No, no. I very recently made it because I had to uh, submit it for uh, my. So my pictures got featured by Lakme Fashion Week from a photo shoot that I did, and they asked me for a bio. So finally, no, no, it's not good. It really likes the work, so they feature it. I hope this comes eventually because of that, but it was not done otherwise. But uh, they asked for a bio, and then another person asked me for a bio, and then I was like, "Oh God, I need to do this." But um, I have my layout shortlisted. Okay, I have been wanting to make a website for years. So initially, I wanted somebody to code it for me, but then I realized that the problem with coding and custom making a website is that updating it would also take that much longer. Yeah. And I didn't want that. and now you have stuff like squarespace and wix and all of this but the problem is the fact that i have so many choices to pick from i have like five layouts which i just keep staring at almost every day for an hour so that is where i'm stuck at right now and the second problem that comes is when they ask give me your 10 best pictures for me i don't even know what my five best pictures are buddy how do you expect me to get 10 yeah, but that's when you have people around That's when you have people around you pick it for you. People who know you. Right? Will you help me build my website? <laughs> I'll help you with your website. I Because I made this decision uh, last week, where I was just like, until I don't put a time bar on it, it's never gonna happen. So I Bye. want to gift myself my website for my birthday. <laughs> when is your birthday? Twenty third December. So that gives I me enough just... time to put it together also. I was just gonna say end of December have a website. If not. <laughs> There'll be consequences. Please help me. Let's let's say twenty third of December. Meghna will launch her website. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be my happy birthday gift to me because my dream, like my one of my many dreams, is that actually on my Instagram I don't want to put anything else. I just want to Meghna Balan www.meghnabalan.com. That's it. Have you got the domain though? At least right, like that's. Because there's three other Meghna Bhallas around who like might have taken this. I will figure it out. Take the domain. Even if you don't get your website, get get into the domain thing first. Okay, we're gonna ask like some quick questions and then we're gonna move on because I want to play games and I also don't want this to be a three-hour live. How do you balance? Relationships. That's friendships. That's family. That's partner. Um, no, I don't know if you have. No, no. No. Okay. Are, are you a love girl? Like, do you want to do pyarmohammedish dot com or do you want yes, to just yes, arrange? Pyarmohammedish dot com. Do you get that reference? I watched the other. That's pretty, pretty understood. No, though, with how 
कनेक्टेड आई आई एम विद माय आर्टसी साइड एंड माय वर्क नीड दैट कांट नहीं होगा अरेंज मैरिज वुड यू फॉल इन लव विद एन आर्टिस्ट आई डोंट नो आई एम ओपन टू इट बट आई डोंट नो आई नो आई वुड अंडरस्टैंड द आर्टिस्ट रियली वेल बिकॉज़ दैट कॉमन पॉइंट ऑफ अंडरस्टैंडिंग आई नो आई विल फॉल इन लव विद अ वर्कहोलिक या नो बट आई नीड समबडी टू अंडरस्टैंड व्हाट आई गो थ्रू सो Yes, I know I can fall in love with a workaholic um, artist. I've just kept it open. I'm not that particular that the person I end up with needs to be an artist. Got it. Um, I'm fine with somebody like even if it's somebody who's doing a nine to five bank job, I'm fine with that also because for me that's a very different life. So yeah. Um, I'm guys, we're trying to that. find we're trying to find Meghna, a uh, boyfriend or a pati, Parveshwar, you know, a but, swami. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm uh, I don't know, man. Who else? Somebody. Not yes. something casual. Not something casual. If yeah. you could send a nice boy, Meghna and Auntie's way, that would be great. <laughs> Auntie, if you're still here, you, if you could write down some qualities you would like in your damag, that would be great. <laughs> um, whilst whilst I'm talking to Meghna about um, what, how does she balance everything? Uh, But your family is in the crate. Like you take your sister to shoots. I've seen that. <laughs> So uh, I now I have to beg her to come with me for shoots because she's like this is very stressful. I don't want to be at your set, and I'm just like, what is stressful? You will not feel it because you are just crazy, and I'm just like, <laughs> I really tried, but she just she found it very like she found this whole shoot, uh, this whole industry only very stressful, like because from the pre-production, production, post-production. She was like, "How do you manage?" And I'm like, "Okay, so sometimes I really have to like beg her. Like recently, only I had to like really beg her. Like, please, please come with me for a shoot, please." And then because I wanted somebody to take behind the scenes, yeah, so I have some behind the scenes to put out because so many people keep writing to me to put out behind the scene content. And when I I go with the intention that I will get it captured, but it just doesn't happen because I get so involved. And for me to sort of go away from that it just doesn't happen so yeah so my sister my family wise balance is it's it's quite good we are very uh, we are very tight knit so it's all chill friends also have a very good set of uh, friends some non dancers some from the artist industry and my non dancer friends have become obsessed with getting themselves photographed so so many of them keep making me or uh, click pictures of them and Like I have this friend of mine from college. He's one of my closest friends, and he's uh, into fitness, and he loves getting photographed. So he we literally uh, book studios from time to time and do his photo shoots. And the pictures don't really like I will upload it once in a while on my Instagram, and he uploads it. But that is like like there is like those photo shoots are done just for fun. Like what's it? Is, is is this um what's that um. Is this Miriyaki Shadi sort of situation where he's your best friend no. who you don't fall in love with, and then until you get engaged, no, कुछ नहीं. इतना नहीं. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know if that happens eventually. I don't know, but right now we are very badly friends owned. Oh, okay. I have this, my group of college friends. We've all known each other for like I think more than fourteen, fifteen years now, and we are yeah. so badly friends owned each other. It's. It's it's just it's it's um I don't know what it is anymore. Um, let's quickly talk about the digital space. What are your thoughts on it? 
how do you deal with it do you also with digital space there's been an evolution of everybody's now a photographer everybody's now a dancer everybody's now a model Listen, everybody's honestly, everything um... but do numbers matter do views matter how has the digital space helped and also hindered you let's talk the digital space okay so uh, first of all this everybody photographer videographer thing people shouldn't blame it on the internet um, yeah. i remember back in 2012 we were hosting a photography exhibition in college called colors of life all the photographers from my bmm batch are showcasing their work and two three of them are fa- like industry level fashion photographers now so like this was at their start point all of us were showcasing our work and there's this guy who walks in at our exhibition and um, that back in the day he had a nokia phone there were no touch phones back then like he didn't own a touch phone also he's taking pictures of this keypad phone he clicked a picture of this eagle that's flying so very yeah. low picture with very bad camera quality and he comes to us and he shows us and he says ki mera photo to aap sabse zyada acha hai so that is when i realized that um, idiots will be there all along and uh, confidence is not uh, always the best there is a difference in like just because you're confident doesn't mean you're good so this is a realization i had very early in my life so i wouldn't okay. blame the digital space for everyone assuming that they are a photographer or a dancer it is just those people who are just so confident in life it is confidence that is the thing to blame i wish artists like i've seen so many artists who are so underconfident i think that's sort of something that keeps pushing us also to keep in because we are in this constant mode of self doubt i think if all of us had 5% of the confidence these people have i think we'd be somewhere else today so i'm saying yeah mujhe pata hai main bahut acha photographer hu ha tumhara exhibition kya hai mera photo zyada acha hai and this like you're right <laughs> so i wouldn't uh, blame the digital space for that but um, to me uh, numbers and all don't matter quite frankly because some of the people whose work has really inspired me they have followers in hundreds thousands the bahut dur ki baat hai but their work is phenomenal to say the least i have worked with some brilliant directors and um, creative directors and choreographers and movement artists and videographers photographers writers any kind of creation you talk about it but such such talented people so i i i don't think numbers uh like i am not somebody who's very numbers or followers focused um there was a phase in between where i i had gotten overwhelmed and i was like i'm stuck at 7000 followers what is happening and all and i started trying to do things that would um, appeal to an audience because again the kind of people back then that i was surrounded by were making me feel bad about my creativity and uh, trying to control the kind of work i was creating back then and now when i look back i didn't have any creative freedom in that time when i was working with those people and um, like about it's just been uh, two to and a half years since i broke out of that pattern and that circle and i've just and that's when i really started now that i, I have that creative outlet and voice when i'm working in my shoots like my um, i'm working with people where my opinions matter and my ideas are respected and valued that wasn't mm-hmm. happening for a long time and I sort of fell in that loop because I was getting affected by the fact that I don't have too many followers. I need more digital presence and stuff like that. But over time, I have realized, and this is something that everybody says that you just keep putting in the work, 
the work will speak for itself like having followers helps but then again tomorrow if instagram shuts down what is if somebody who's got 1 million followers going to do if nobody really knows who they are Check. so and some days so like i really manifest that like just for just for the sake of fun what if the app actually shuts down and uh, we start off with a new app everyone's on ground zero again everything gets a new start yeah because right now what i feel bad about is the digital space is a blessing because like look at this like you're sitting in the uk i stumbled upon your show because you were having a conversation with goerik one night and i just said goerik i always say gerik is goerik why has he never corrected me i think he's being sweet goerik is like that <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot of people, a lot of people I'm call him so sorry. I've called him. It's not just you. A lot of people over here also call him Garrick because it's spelled like that. His name. Yeah, but it's also like Eden. It's called Eden, and like I'm always calling him Eden. Then I have to be like, no, he corrected me. It's Eden. It's Eden. Yeah, he's very particular about his name. But then I'm just like Eden. Just change it to A D A N. Eden. Then we then people will call him Eden. Aiden. Yeah, that is true. Okay, now keep your name. Keep your name. Rakhul, कुछ नहीं होता. Yeah, like the digital space at least allows you to connect with anybody from any corner in the world. Like, how did I discover people, photographers from Russia and Italy and all, and they've had such a big impact on the kind of work I'm trying to create. So that way, it's a blessing. But what I don't like is how people are um, sort of equating their self worth with Instagram. Mm. I think that is where everything is sort of getting ruined. That everyone's judging themselves and each other based on how many followers do you have, how many likes did your post get, how many shares did your post get. I think that's not fair because also what upsets me the most is that people are not creating for uh, creation; they are creating to fit in a one is to one square or like a nine is to sixteen format, and that yeah. is just I feel the death of filmmaking. the death of creativity because everyone is just like i was going to say but isn't that progression as well because i talked about this with a photographer recently which is no longer does photography and art need to belong in a gallery or a museum you yeah. can you can create for your your own yeah for anything anything yeah. and everything that is it's not a, that's what so it's a very um mixed uh, space to be in um like i and i think that's like everything right all of us have our positives and negatives yeah. as people so by extension the things that we are sort of involving and indulging with rubs that off right like instagram is just an app but it's because of the humanness we add to it that it has its pros and cons so it's the same thing wow sometimes is, the things i say <laughs> wisdom you're pretty wisdomist friends that's a friends reference by the way do you watch friends my sister made me watch it what do you mean made you watch it it's such a good show it's a long story long story short i wanted to watch friends when i was growing up but back then my mom she was a little concerned about um uh like you know what kind of uh, things were being shown and i was really oh. young so i didn't get to watch it as a child and then later obviously years progressed and I'm walking at a shoot and I come back home and this is the thing I find my mom and sister are sitting and watching friends and I'm just like wait like that kya hua tera yeah, yeah. raza and I don't let them hear the end of it even still I'm just like what is this you never let me watch it and you're sitting and watching it with her she's even younger than I was and she's like yeah but now I realize it's different and it's like 
So then finally I got around to watching it because so many of my friends have watched Friends. It's such a good thing. It's an amazing show. I think it's the only show that universally has brought the world together, regardless of there's certain things in there that are not right. But it, like everybody knows about it, and it's brought us together. And it's a show by white people of white people. It has Everybody some. Everybody can connect to it. Yeah, because the stories are universal. Would you still continue to do if you take away your support, your conviction, your grit, your confidence, who you are as a person? And let's say, like, you you're getting judged twenty four seven. Your family doesn't support you. Your confidence is very down. You get maybe like three four jobs a year. You're having to, you know. I have been through all of this, so yeah. You'll still do. Like, yeah. Although what, what? I think I would always be the person I am because that this is like that's what I said. I am just very vulnerable and myself. So I have never been somebody else because it just doesn't sit right with me. So uh, that's why half the times um, I think a lot of my friends and people who are. more um, like from the corporate end of things or more from the business end of things they tell me that you are too uh, like too naive but it's not that i'm naive uh, it's just that i i don't want to be uh, like you know it's like later in life uh, i always keep thinking mother when i look back at my life what do i want like that's the kind of person i am got so it later in life i don't want to have this thought that i wish i was real Got it. I wish I didn't change myself just to fit into a box. That has always been my approach. What's your favorite part of the job, by the way? What's your favorite part, like the the pre, the post, whilst you're doing it, seeing the final product? Like, what's your favorite part? Uh, all of it, to be honest, because I also I like to see the entire how the journey has shaped up everything, because um, like, and I think that comes from seeing the final product in the end. because you've seen what a long way you've come and also like even for my dancers the transform the transition that they go through the, like not just dancers but the artists um the artists that I'm photographing the kind of uh, transition and transformation that they have and my favorite moment during a shoot is um the contrast in the before and after like uh, mm. before i start photographing them at the location they are so um, sort of second guessing themselves thinking yeah no maybe i'm not good enough etc etc yeah and i click their picture and then i always do this i click about 5 10 minutes and then i'll call them and i'll show them what it's looking like and uh, they get this boost of confidence then and then they go and then they're just going for it and at the end of it when they're reviewing the pictures and once i've given them their edit and they're uploading the pictures to see like i i to get the feedback that i never thought i looked like this so i could look like this so i can't believe this is me hearing that from these people is something that really makes it very exciting for me because for me i've done what i wanted to is that like because i see them that way yeah so the fact that even if it's momentary because all of us are second guessing ourselves all the time but even if it's for that few moments that they are seeing themselves the way i have seen them and how they are or the people who follow them and are fascinated by them and what they do are seeing them that is like that is my most favorite moment that to see that okay fine you've had this transformation for yourself and you are you know it's a very positive thing that's happening because they the whole i like you know like it's literally seeing somebody practice self love yeah they're looking at their pictures and they say oh my god wow i look so beautiful
This section is called. Super child, play with Rai. So <clears throat> I don't have child with me right now. Exactly, that's a good thing. We're gonna start off easy. There's gonna be different sections. You're gonna basically just, and then we're gonna get to the activity part. When it gets to the activity part, make sure I'm you not dancing. dancing. You are dancing. You are dancing. I will sit and dance. No, you are dancing. Okay, I will play on lagan, and we'll be like gana and gana na tu. Oh God, that's not happening. <laughs> no, but you have to dance. Stop doing this. I hate it when guests don't do that. And I'm sure you don't like it when models or dancers or people like that are, don't listen to your direction. This, Most times they don't listen to my direction. It's fine. Yeah, but I will listen to yours. So therefore, this is a vada for the future. Your first section. You have said this. You want to be a filmmaker. And I believe you're going to be soon. I'm waiting for that when your website is up and running. <laughs> <laughs> December. <laughs> December 23rd, 2021. If you were a movie, what would the title of your movie be? <laughs> oh shit, I have, I have had this conversation. This is oh, rapid yeah. fire. No, no, I, I do, I do, I, I have the answer. Uh, because of the kind of experiences I go through, uh, if I was a movie, the name would be Meghna Bhalla, the girl who never asked but got advised anyway. It's <laughs> a very long title. <laughs> I'm here for it. What would the storyline be of this movie? Pretty much what the title says that, that my life that I go around and people just think that in this moment I want to give this advice to you. Why did I ask you? But did I give this advice? I will give you advice. Oh, I have a need. I have asked. Interest is nothing. Just no. You sit down and the amount of people who have sat me down and given me interventions and just like I don't need it. Are you seeing the problem in you? You are obsessed with giving interventions. Relax in life. Have you seen that scene in Jab We Met where um, Karina goes like? Oh, I relate to that character on several levels. कि आप इसके इस एडवाइस का पैसा लेते हैं कि ये मूड का क्या है? I relate you, to that. I relate to that. Have you also seen BuzzFeed India where Srishti is like lives life like a day of? Oh my God! I want to meet Srishti one day. One day. Um, who would star? Who would be the star? Who would play you in this movie? Priyanka Chopra. <laughs> or maybe Karina Kapoor. Only because we are talking about Jabu Met now. No, we I actually mean, get the intensity of the two leads. Maybe Priyanka can play the uh, Karina can play the earlier you. Priyanka can play the later you. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. There you <laughs> the go. The transformation. There you go. They look like sisters, Ani. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would the title song be of this movie? Ready? Four, three, two, one. I don't know. I don't know. Ask GT Forty Seven. What do you think the title could be? No, it's your answer. It's not theirs. Jaldi said. Four, three, two. Just make it up know. on the spot. I, I really don't know. I'm really blank on this. Fine, we'll move on. If you were <clears throat> a plant, what would you be? Those, uh, those. Arey yar, I know what they look like. I don't know what it's called. Describe you know, it. Those those flat, long, uh, the snake-like plants that you, you they are there in almost every Pinterest photo. Okay, snake-like <laughs> flat palm, like like this. No, not like that. They are these long, long ones. I I, I so literally I have, have a jungle thought. behind me. I'm like like this, like this, like no, this. No, 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 none of them. It is a very specific plant. Okay. Which is not yours. 
Okay, ठीक है um, oh, shit, my is If you were a drink, what would you be? Whiskey. Whiskey. Punjabi? Dal chawal after. If you were a dessert, what would you be? A dark chocolate. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. Frozen yogurt. Oh, when you come here, I'll take you to a place. It's called Snog. Best frozen yogurt place ever. Wow. Okay. Pistachio flavored. I always get it. Uh, it's just delicious. I don't delicious. see myself going down that route. But what? I'm open to coming to the place. Maybe not the flavor. There's other flavors, but I just get pistachio. Because it's nice. If you were a fashion trend or a clothing item, what would you be? I feel like I know this for you, but I think I'm wrong. What, but what? I just... Why don't you tell me? No, first you, and then I'll tell you what I think you should be. Uh, full sleeved hoodies or something. <laughs> like okay. I, I think. I think you should be. Do you remember? Um, Kabi Hushi Kabi Gham. Karina's like from the bottom flannel trousers with like a cup. Oh God! <laughs> I've never worn something like that. <laughs> I just I don't know why. <laughs> why I would be open to trying it, but nobody would see that. <laughs> and then and then I think you should be like tumhe koi haq nahi hai there not fair not fair 10 minus um this evaluate <laughs> that's what we'll do when if i ever come to india or if you ever come here we're just going to watch movies eat froyo order pizzas and that's it that's going to be our day By the way that is mostly what I do with my friends we order pizza we eat some dessert and we watch movies and that's it <laughs> I'm, I'm not a very adventurous person I'll my adventure days are behind me Oh god I'm very boring now Um this section is called best and worst/overrated and underrated What is the best and worst advice that was ever given to you and that you have ever given So best taken and then given. Uh respond don't react. That's the best one that you yeah. gave or took. Took. Okay. The one that I took and the one that I gave I keep giving lots of advice to a lot of people. <laughs> make a make a brand, make a website, build your social media presence. <laughs> that is the worst because I've not done it myself. What's <laughs> the best I, advice? You gave me show don't tell. This is the friend I was talking about. Wow. <laughs> Okay, what's the what's the best advice that you have given? It's, it's in my head, wait. I was talking to somebody about it the other day only. Oh god, this time never this rapid fire is what's really making. Pull it out. Pull it out. You know like Harry Potter like pulls out that memory. Oh yeah, this is an advice I give to almost everybody is that um because it is something I ignored for a long time and uh, I have learned myself is that never never in your life ignore your gut feeling. Oh, okay. that's a good one. Never, your gut feeling will never um, misguide you. And the, at least for me, whenever I've ignored a gut feeling and been like, "No, I'm just being very oh, I'm think overthinking," and this is what happens. It's just happened. gas. And there was given by I learned my lessons. So never ignore your gut feeling. Okay. <laughs> worst, worst advice that you um, ever took. There are so many people who tell me all sorts of shit. <laughs> one that stands out. This is rapid fire, yar. Oh, you should uh, like so. Basically, uh, hide your hide your presence from a photograph. This is the worst advice I've got. I don't even like, know what that means. People shouldn't be able to see that it is your work. 
are my that is the worst advice like that's what i comes to my mind there are so many things that people have said which are complete bullshit but yeah i can't place anything because of the time limit right now and that's fine most overrated and underrated dancer you have uh worked with this is a very controversial question that's why i'm asking it <laughs> i was going to get i always like doing like a list of names but then i always scrap it because i think that's just rude so i just like to put it on <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip this one. Most underrated. You can do underrated. Underrated. Um, there are a lot of underrated dancers I've worked with actually. Name um, one that comes to your mind right now. Shreya Sinha from London. And She's and now what? in London. Yeah, and name one overrated right, that comes to your mind. One more overrated. <laughs> that comes. To- overrated. I cannot. <laughs> underrated. I can. There are so many. Okay, most overrated and underrated choreographer slash teacher. This is this is the same thing. <laughs> no, dance, dancer is different. Choreographer and teacher. Most dancers are choreographer and teacher. That is true. Okay. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So skip this. Underrated, I can answer. <laughs> Come on, maybe you can give me if, if. How about this? You can give me their persona, so without giving them away. So you can be like, they're somebody from Pune. who dances this and we had a specific interaction at a shoot which just you know do you know what i mean like you can do it like that what so that person is currently in bombay but is not originally from bombay and um janvi i knew it. you guys are best friends it's janvi janvi so is not Janvi. overrated janvi is from bombay only what is wrong with you i don't know that You know that she stays five minutes away from my house. Yes, I know that. <laughs> Janvi, she said you're overrated. I just want to say this. I didn't say that. Stop creating misunderstandings. Nonsense. Okay. Um, uh, most overrated and underrated actor. Overrated actor. Yeah, a lot of people are gonna hate me for saying this. I think Sharuk uh, is overrated. I really do. Same, same answer. I think Sharuk is very overrated. I think he's even he's, Salman. I like Sharuk's work in Dear Zindagi. I feel he's done a good job in that movie. Okay. Basically, yeah, I I like his work in Dear Zindagi. Otherwise, uh, Salman Khan also. Uh, I like his work in Duplicate. <laughs> Duplicate, Badsha also, yeah. Um, uh, old movies, like his old movies and Dear Zindagi, are like basically his whole. back to back romantic movie phase just didn't work for me underrated for me it's uh, sidhan chaturvedi he is he's a very good actor he, he has good uh, potential uh, from the indian um, for uh, best uh, most overrated and underrated movie yeah overrated honestly people are going to hate me for saying this but yeah, i don't understand the appeal for veer zara i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> Make that you're allowed to go by now. <laughs> Must have played the entire soundtrack of Beezara. The songs are nice. I yeah, like the songs are beautiful. The scenarios in the movie. I like some of the songs, but I still feel it's very overrated. Like it's not me, nae. Yeah, it's it's kind of true. I feel like it's kind of true. <laughs> you can't unsee it. Oh, underrated. Uh, there's this movie by Rithik Roshan from back in the day called Laksh. Uh, I feel it's an underrated film. It gives such a big message. Yeah. Yeah. So the message the movie gives is very good. 
I thought you were going to be like there's a movie back in the day from the tick called aap mujhe ache lagne lage no yaar that's an underrated movie if you haven't watched it i'd love have you watched it i've seen it i think i am so sorry to interrupt again but we were just doing the section which is called sip a chai and play with rai and in the game sections of the show there are some segments which are visual so it would not have made sense on podcast form so if you would like to watch any of the visuals <laughs> or the video simply go to youtube and just type in chai with rai to find the relevant episode also i will link everything in the bio or the description below but without further ado let's get back to the end of the show what words of wisdom would you give to yourself if you looked in the mirror today <laughs> the same thing don't ignore your gut feeling don't second guess yourself good i like that peaks and valleys is a question i ask all my friends um all my friends and everybody who's on here peak is the highest point of your personal professional life what was it what lesson you learned hey oh hiccups Valley <laughs> is a low point of your personal and professional life. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? High point in life. Uh, every time I've been able to buy uh, some of my equipment is a high point. Professionally, yeah. personally, high points in my life is whenever I've gotten a chance to travel internationally. You um, love traveling. I love traveling. It it really I I can't I like I can do a separate chat just for my love for travel. That's a different thing. It's um. like my ideal life would be to be like based out of bombay but uh, like if i have four weeks uh, in the month three weeks i want to be traveling and one week be here listen you're part sindhi i feel like that can happen sindhis have a lot of basic like no no it doesn't <laughs> i'm part sindhi but most punjabi <laughs> but what lesson has um you purchasing your own equipment and your love for travel what do they uh, teach you so um the lesson that purchasing your own equipment teaches you is uh, also just the to value things like the kind of value and uh, humility it teaches you because uh, you know the hard work that you had to go through to sort of collect the funds like okay if it's somebody who's making money very easily great for them but for me i've had to work really hard to earn that money so uh, it it really um sort of uh, and it's a constant reminder to value yourself and your art and where it can get you with the constant hard work so that's one important uh, reminder rather not lesson i would say and um, traveling helped me really uh, find who i am i because when i started traveling internationally i had in for many reasons lost uh, essence of who i was uh, and how i was as a human being and as a person and um, as a human being as a person is the same thing and anyway, you you understand the point so uh it, i had really lost uh, my essence and travel helped me really discover that and find that so it's something that holds a lot of importance for me because whenever i have traveled internationally especially um i feel more like myself because uh I love meeting new people, seeing new places, and uh, the thing is, over here, I have been judged so much by everyone in so many ways. That sort of doesn't happen, especially like for me, I've never experienced that. Especially when I travelled to like 2016, I did a trip to Europe where I went to Rome and Venice and Milan and Florence, and I went to Barcelona and Madrid, 
Wow. And I met such fabulous people, and um, they just accepted me for who I was, and rather nurtured that about me. So, um, yeah, like I tell all my friends that they like if you really want to see, like probably I they won't even get to see me because again there are there are people who know me. my family has seen, and the people I've met there while I've been there they have seen who I really am in many ways because I just have no. Um, I'm my happiest self when I'm traveling, especially when I'm traveling internationally. Like, it is if you think I'm happy and smiley now, you should meet me when I'm traveling. Which and, I will. Which I will. And the valleys, any low points that have taught you a valuable lesson, personally um, or professionally? Uh, there, yeah, obviously, yeah, there are so many ups and downs. All of us have. Um, you don't need to. Point, I think my lowest, like I don't want to go too much into details because it's not even worth it. But um, I used to have a very, very dear friend and colleague of mine, and a set of friends who were very close to me and uh, my support system, as I used to assume back in the day. And yeah. um, uh, when like we sort of had a fallout and everything, and in the process of the falling out, uh, I lost a lot of um, people I assumed I had close to me, and I lost a lot of work in the process and all because. you know people started to spread rumors and people started to talk mm. ill and all of that so um, for a, there was a phase in between very recently up, uh, in 2019 only where i was struggling in the start to find work and all because all my connections and associations were through these specific set of people and uh, it really like broke me in many ways but when i rebuilt i rebuilt all on my own and from scratch so yeah. um, if you see if you go through my profile and you see uh the work has really transformed since 2019 like there's a real big jump since then because i got um, that sort of creative freedom and um, i had to rebuild from ground zero so i started building on my own and with my own thoughts and feelings and all of that like there's so much to give out and i started connecting with very different people on my own terms mm. which is the i had a lot of more creative control like i mentioned like i never had that before so um what that low taught me is that like uh, life will never go as planned like i never thought i would lose these people in my life but i did and i yeah. came out even stronger like now i look back i'm just like i respect all of you but i'm really happy you are not in my life like good only whatever happened i see that now initially obviously i didn't see it when it was happening because that's just what yeah. i had to do right when something bad is happening is like oh, my life sucks when you look back it's just like the best thing So, yeah it did teach me that um, it taught me the importance of uh, networking and building your contacts on your own and not relying yeah. on other people that uh, professionally that's what it taught me and personally it taught me that um, like if i could get out of that i'm much more stronger than i assumed and uh, like these people can't break me because the, they went and spoke a lot of a lot of ill things about me and my work and Mm. my about me as a person and all of that you know and these are things that um till now they come and go come and go but the thing is now it doesn't affect me it makes me laugh if anything but it was really difficult to deal with initially so of course that's... i think um well that's the industry isn't it that is the i think that's just livelihood are you 
and I used to also be one of those people that that's this is why I also created the show, which is I couldn't understand relationships in the industry where you work for a specific time with somebody or you really connect with somebody and then all of a sudden it's just like boom. But um or just oh, people was- Yeah, or people speaking your will. But I think the thing is the message I've learned through the last couple of months is like people come into your life for a specific period. they do yeah. what they need to do they give you that message whether it's good or bad your experience they 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 share that and then you know it's time to move on to the next experience and the next thing um ending on a nice note what is your favorite type of chai it's iced tea man lemon iced tea <laughs> it is chai technically it is chai I am not See, going I to I will go to every every place yeah like every restaurant cafe whatever it may be and I will always <laughs> because of the chai I'm depressed as well I'm depressed as well because of the chai Listen yaar growing up my parents now I'll tell you what my mom is from a Sindhi family my dad is from a Punjabi family now they have grown up seeing uh, everyone have this need to have chai to get going with their day So the first thing my mom has done with her daughters is not to make them addicted to chai or milk or anything of the sort. That is the first practice. Like we've never had this. Um, she never encouraged drinking too much of Bonvita and Milo and all this stuff that happens. So we never essentially got hooked onto a beverage to start our day because she wanted to break that pattern. <laughs> like I've had Bonvita and Milo. Oh thank God! Never became. Oh. <laughs> I've even had Nesquik. Oh, I love Nesquik. Such such. I have that even now. I make milkshakes out of it. Bomb. But And they bring uh, all the boys to the yard. No, no, no. <laughs> And it's better than yours. Well, everyone, that brings us to an end, and I hope you enjoyed that. I want to say a massive thank you to the guest for their time. Again, to mention, Chai with Rai is a pre-recorded live show, so to watch any of the videos from the show, simply go to YouTube and type in Chai with Rai to find the relevant episode. All of the information about the guest, myself, and the show will be listed in the bio. Make sure to follow, share, comment, and subscribe. Show us all some love, because isn't that what we want at the end of the day? Some love. Your support really. helps the show and the message of it grow and the people that are on here thank you again and as i always say breathe in breathe out now must go which means now i must go i own that that is copyrighted and i will sue <laughs> okay have a great one and stay curious till next time